You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. I've been challenged the last couple weeks, and I want to challenge you this morning before we get into the preach. It's not a time to check out. God wants to speak to you. So if you're tempted to check out and start doom scrolling on your phone, shut your phone off, put it away, put the distractions away, focus your heart and your gaze upon Jesus because he wants to speak to you this morning. We have the privilege this morning of having Paul Zanardo bring the word. Can we welcome him as he comes up this morning? Lord, we thank you for this man. Lord, we thank you for the, uh, the time he has put in, Lord, digging and, Lord, in the word, digging in your presence, Lord. Lord, we ask, anoint him now, Lord, and as he speaks, Lord, we open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. We put aside distraction right now, and we focus upon you. Speak to us and transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, elders. And uh, I know we say this every time. Every time you get an opportunity to come up here, it doesn't make you more special or anything. It's a privilege to uh, share the Word of God. Uh, I want to um, continue a little bit from um, Matt's preach last week on the power of kingdom multiplication. Uh, It is central to the very heart of God from the Genesis to Revelation. You see that God is a God of fruit. God multiplies. God grows. He grows us. He grows fruit in the natural and he does it in the spiritual. The early church grew um, through kingdom partnership. They multiplied what Jesus modeled through the power of the Holy Spirit. Kingdom multiplication comes from a place of unity in the spirit. Unity is central. But I want to say some things. We never, ever fight for unity. Our focus is Jesus. Our focus is Jesus. Unity is a byproduct of us casting our eyes upon Jesus. Very good. We don't fight for unity. Unity comes from that place of being united with the Father. Multiplication and additions are the product of unity in the Spirit. Division, divisiveness, and subtraction are the schemes of the devil and the kingdom of darkness. And there's no demilitarized zone. You're either in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of darkness. Unity is not uniformity, as I will finish with. Unity is with Jesus, with the Word of God, with the Spirit of the living God. There are two spirits, the Spirit of the world and the Spirit of God. God's calling His church to be radically biblical. United in the person of the Holy Spirit, focused on Jesus. Jesus plus nothing and minus nothing. We multiply what we are full of. We reproduce what we are full of. If you're full of Jesus, you reproduce the fruit of the Spirit. Signs, wonders, biblical truth. If you're full of the Spirit of this world, you will reproduce anger, bitterness, offences. Are you offended this morning? There are people in here this morning who are carrying an offence. And he said, more than one offence, you start building a fence around you. Can I invite you as an old brother in the Lord? Repent. Let it go. Make it right before the Lord. For those who've got ears to hear. But there are some people who come offended this morning. Get rid of it. And so we want to be full of the presence of God and learn how to multiply. If you've got your Bibles this morning, I hope you do. Bring them to church. 
Would you open them to the Gospel of John, chapter 17? John 17. Can I invite everybody to please stand for the reading of the Word of God? And I'm going to read all of it. We stand for worship, we stand for prayer, but just as a symbolic thing that we honour the Word of God this morning, and I'm going to read all of it, so help me God. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed. It's known as the high priestly prayer. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those who you have given him. Now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began in the Genesis or before the Genesis. I have revealed you to those who you gave to me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those that you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all that I have is mine and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them, protect them, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so they may, not, so they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so the Scripture will be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the word has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Thank you, Adam, for your preach a couple of weeks ago. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message at Melbourne Lights Church, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one here at Melbourne Lights Church. Don't know what translation you have. Mine says Melbourne Lights Church. <laughs> I in them and you in me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as I have loved, they have loved me. 
Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Amen. Please grab a seat. So good just to hear the word of God. Thank you for listening to the preach today. I should just go and sit down right now. John 17. We could spend the next year just reading what God wants to teach us through John 17. But I do want to preach on unity today because an understanding of unity in the Spirit that's focused on Jesus helps us multiply what God has intended for us. So let me exegete John 17 for a while, make some application, and then we'll see what the Spirit wants to do at the end of it. All, everybody ready? Yeah. And so we see in John 17 that there's a sequence of events. God's always intentional. And you'll see that themes in the Bible are repeated time and time and time again because they're central in the heart of God. And so we'll see a sequence on events in the high priestly prayer. So we know from John 16 that he's addressing his loved ones, the church, and he's letting them know that he's about to leave. And he says in John 16, it is important that I leave. In fact, I'll read it for you. John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth, it is for your benefit that I am going. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world in regards to righteousness and judgment. And so we understand John 17 and the power of unity. God's about to go and he says, I'm not going to leave you orphans. Don't be afraid. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and he will reveal all truth to you. And so then in John 17, he does the high priestly prayer. He's talked to his beloved church and now he's talking to the Father. And so the first thing that we see here is the perfect unity between Jesus and the Father. He says, I and the Father are one. What, what is he doing? He's modeling unity to us. He's in perfect synchronicity. He's doing uh, a, a beautiful dance with the Father. They are one. There's no competition, no division. He only does what he sees the Father does. John 5, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, then the Son does likewise. So Jesus is now saying to them, I'm about to go, but I want to model something for you to put into practice. And if you get this, you will multiply as you've seen me multiply. They saw him multiply bread and fish. They saw him multiply fruit. They saw him multiply the supernatural. Now he says, you're about to do it from a place of unity in the spirit. When you're focused on Jesus, the fruit to the world will be evident. When you're divided, the fruit of division will be evident. 
One of the keys of revival is be united with Jesus. And so we see, first of all, that Jesus and the Father are in perfect unity. No competition, no division. What a model. Last year, Gabby Codlin preached on the kingdom of God. And, he said, and she said that the ethics of the kingdom of God are upside down. In the world, it's all about me, myself and I. I won't impose myself. I won't impose my rights and whatever. But in the kingdom of God, it's submission, including submission to eldership. Now, I'm not sure why I'm saying this this morning, but sometimes we dismiss, you know, submission and submission to eldership, but it's not that we demand it, but it's a godly thing because it brings unity in the spirit. God brings unity. So the first thing that we see is that Jesus is perfectly united with the Father. Secondly, he says, we need to be, we need to be united with Jesus. Just as I am united with the Father, you are in me. And he repeats this over and over and over again. Jesus in the Father, now I want you to be united with me. Our vision is to know Jesus and to make him known. See, he doesn't want a religious attendance. He doesn't want a religious practice. He wants intimacy. He wants us to be one in Christ. Paul says, I want to know Christ and share in his suffering. I want to know him. The Greek way, konosko, means intimacy in knowledge. It's like a husband and a wife, to the exclusion of all others, know each other intimately, sexually, the two of them become one at that very moment. And so it is us with Jesus that there's an intimacy with Jesus. There's an intimacy in knowing him, not about him. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Can you see the theme repeating? Unity between Jesus and the Father. Now he says, I want you to be united with me. One with Jesus. One with Jesus. Not one with revival. Not one with the manifestations. Not one with church, even Melbourne Lights Church. It comes from a place of being united with the King. When I'm in step with the King, I get everything. When I go for other things, I miss out on everything. We got our priorities wrong. We go for the stuff instead of the giver of the stuff. We go for the supernatural sometimes at the expense of knowing the Holy Spirit as a person. If he never gave you one more thing, would you still love Jesus? Would you still honour him? Would you still shun the Baba him? <laughs> Simply because he's worth it. Unity. Monica and I don't always get on well. We do. 30 years married this year. We have a great marriage. But occasionally she drives me insane. And I'm always right. But you know what? You know what? We are united in heart. We come to the place, say, I'm sorry. I blew that one. And I do it daily, so. United in the spirit. We have one. Marriage is about not... We're not the same people. We're so different. Molly and I are so different. But we are one in purpose, one in heart because of the Holy Spirit. And so when we come to decisions, we say, Father, what do you want? Thirdly, 
Unity between Jesus and the Father, us and Jesus. And then thirdly, what he says here is unity between each other. Verse 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, I in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. So the world may believe that you have sent us. Godly unity in the Spirit is the most powerful thing we can show to a broken world. The world right now is hurting. It's broken. And we don't need to add to it. We must not add to the brokenness and division of this world with our latest opinion, our latest fads, our latest whatever it is. God says, shut up. Listen to the Word of God. Be united in the Spirit. And on some things you disagree, wonderful. Close the bathroom door and disagree with your bathroom. But we don't learn from history. See, multiplication is at the heart of God. And unity in the Spirit undergirds it all. And when we get this, see, the greatest sins in the world are pride and prejudice. Pride and prejudice. Every sin comes under pride and prejudice. Every sin. I don't need God and I don't need you. I don't need to love God. I don't need to love my brother or my neighbor. Every sin comes under pride and prejudice. But unity says, not my will, but your will be done. No longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in here. And so he labors now. If you want to be united with me, you need to be united with one another at Melbourne Lights Church. Look around the room. Look around. Just look around. Look at me. Look at me. You might not like everyone in the room. Some of you in the room might defend you and you don't like them. But for the sake of the Spirit... I will not complain. I will not gossip. I'm going to stay in the unity of the Spirit. Sometimes some things need to be said. Sometimes we need to say stuff. But it's never talking to other people. I go directly to my brother, to my sister and say, I'm hurting. Help me understand. Because nothing is more important than unity and the testimony of Jesus. In Philippians 4, Paul addresses the Yodian Syntyche. And he says, stop fighting for the sake of the gospel. I'm telling you to stop. If Jesus is the king of your life, most of the stuff that we will do will stop today. I'll smile now. Always remind myself. Unity. It says in Matthew 12, 25, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not prosper. God hates division. Proverbs 6 Six things God hates, seven is detestable, a divisive spirit. And the divisive spirit of the spirit of this world, is a, it's one of the spirits of the Antichrist, to divide a marriage, to divide relationship between parents and, and children, to divide the church. If he can divide, he's broken the very covenant. We are people of the covenant. And covenant is unity with Jesus. We are people of the covenant. I've covenanted with Monica. See, my marriage is not a contract between me and this beautiful woman. It's a covenant between three people, God, Monica, and I. And when we're in trouble, we always go to the covenant maker. I'm talking about unity, not marriage. Sorry, my love. In Acts chapter 2, Pentecost comes. And for time's sake, I can't read it all. But it simply says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place all together in one place. Can you see the theme repeating? 
The Spirit of God comes when there's unity and when we are together. Not clones, not all the same, but united in Jesus. What's on his heart is on my heart. What's not on his heart is not on my heart. And when we do that, we multiply. And then what happens in Acts 2? They all started speaking in tongues and many tongues and people understand in their own language. All these languages, I want to say there were languages, there were dialects, sub-dialects, and everybody understood it. Why? Because God's not a God of confusion. He's not a God of divisiveness. When God speaks, we know. See, when revival comes, we don't have to say it's a meeting or this. We'll, we'll know. When Australia's in revival, the media will know. Everybody will know because Jesus will allow it to happen. Jesus, see, unity amongst us is attractive to a, low, a, a broken world. We cannot understand unity with Jesus if it's not manifested through us. Let me stop for a minute. Are you united with your brothers and sisters this morning? Well, look down so I don't have to look at you. You need to rectify stuff in your marriage. You need to fix something in your heart this morning with God. See, God wants you to multiply and bear good fruit. John 15 says he prunes so we bear more fruit. I hate pruning. I hate it. And I want to be tender with you this morning. I felt such a season of pruning in the last few months. It's ridiculous. And then he tells me, I'm doing it so you bear even more fruit. Kind of helps, helps it make it better a little bit, doesn't it? But it doesn't. And so God's pruning us so we bear more fruit because he loves you. He disciplines those that he loves. Are you united with Jesus? Is he on the throne? Are you sitting on the throne right now? Are you united with your brothers and sisters? See, the fruit of this, it says in John 17, as we move on, is the power of multiplication. When we understand this agapeo love between Jesus and the Father, we with Jesus and agapeo love or real love with one another, the world says, what is going on at Melbourne Lights Mark? What is going on? 200, 250 more diverse people I've never seen in my life. It doesn't make sense that they're together and they love each other. That is the attractive part of the gospel. That's where we multiply. We use our talents and our gifts because we have understood multiplication is the fruit of unity in the Spirit. Conversely, divisiveness or division stops the flow of the Spirit. Stops the flow in Jesus. Can you see that we are fighting from a place of being in Jesus, not unity? But that's the fruit. He models. When we are so full of Jesus and his agape love, we will love and know him. When we love and know him, we will love one another. And then we'll start multiplying. We use our dreams, our visions, our talents, our resources, our money to disciple, for discipleship, for church plants, for missions, to see his kingdom come. When I worked as a cardiac nurse, an arrhythmia is when the electrical signal of the heart 
is not functioning well and so the rest of the heart is not pumping well. When unity is not according to the Spirit of God, our body, this body doesn't function well. It's all over place. We get, we get edema, we get bloated, we get offended and angry. But when we are in the rhythm of the Spirit, when we're hearing the voice of God, when we hear the harps of our, of our chest, when we're hearing the rhythm of God, when we are submitted to God, when we are submitted to leadership, not abusive leadership, because most of us in this room, the moment you said submit to leadership, start having kittens and manifesting. <laughs> but godly submission produces fruit. Not in my notes, but I've got to trust that stuff that comes out is from Jesus. If not, pass it to the keeper. So, what does unity in the Spirit look for us this morning? Philippians 2.1, if you've got your Bibles, please. Philippians 2.1. So, what does unity in the Spirit look like for us? We saw it modelled by Jesus, encouraged for us between Him, us, and one another. Now, how does it look like? So, He says this, If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy. That theme of joy has come from the elders meeting, the prayer meeting, and all through today. Joy comes being united with Jesus. By being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Here we go again. It's repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. God is so gracious with us. You'll repeat it a hundred times until we finally get it. Amen. Amen. Let each of us look not only at his own interests, but also the interests of others. And you can read the rest. Just a couple of notes on this. And I don't have time, but for time's sake, have a look as a case study why unity was so important in the church of Corinth. 1 Corinthians is a great case study to learn why they needed unity. One in heart. We are all here at Melbourne Lights from different backgrounds and different experiences. And God wants us to use our unique talents and our unique gifts. Not all of you can be as perfect as I am. I am the least of all of you, said Paul. I can care. Each one is fearfully and wonderfully made. But our heart is one with Jesus. Our heart doesn't change. In Psalm 88, is it Psalm 88, Joey? I don't know if I made this mistake. It says this, Psalm 86, 11. Thank you, Josiah. It says this, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me or unite my heart to fear your name. It means this, give me an undivided heart. There are so many things competing for your heart, including ungodly unity, including ungodly liaisons, including ungodly affairs. Give me an undivided heart. Your mission, should you choose for the next 21 days, is to wake up every morning and say, Jesus, give me an undivided heart that my heart would be in synchronicity with yours. Pick up the challenge if you may. Secondly, one in vision. It says more than one vision, we have division. But our vision is to know Jesus and to make him known. Our vision as a church is clear. Discipleship, that I get discipled and we're discipling one another. 
Our vision is clear that all of us have got talents and gifts. Multiply them from a place of unity in the Spirit. Multiply your gifts. Everybody in this room has got talents and gifts. Even if it's just one, multiply the one. Don't bury it. Don't look around. Don't compete with other people. There's a room full of people who are a lot more gifted than I am. But I just choose to get up every morning and be obedient. Be obedient. Imagine if we said this, God, how can I use on a Monday the talents and the gifts that you've given me to multiply the kingdom of God every day? See, we're so focused on my job and my marriage or the marriage I want. How about you change the narrative? How about the narrative of this? God, how can I be your ambassador and multiply heaven on earth? How can I reproduce Jesus on earth? How can I be Jesus to my world? Multiplication. God's speaking to some people this morning about getting out of your comfort zone and moving into what God's called you to do. There's such a, a wonderful place in the unity of the Spirit. It, it, it's, it's a safety net. Out of that is different. One mission. I love the rhetoric of, of Paul. It says in, one, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, we don't have time. It says this, is Christ divided? Am I Christ? Did I die for you? No. We are people of the cross. Our mission is still the cross. To bring the love of Jesus. Gabby's going to the Philippines to bring the love of Jesus. Wherever you are, when you go into the business world, in the marketplace, at school, you bring the cross. A missionary is not somebody who crosses the sea, is somebody who sees the cross. I'll say it again. A missionary is not somebody who crosses the sea, somebody who's seen the cross, has seen the Father, has seen the Holy Spirit, has seen the power of God and wants to share it daily. How can I change my work environment? How can I make a difference? We're so driven by this word purpose, it drives me mad. The word purpose drives me mad. How about we use the word God's good and perfect will, that none would perish? How about that word? How about we use biblical language? Is purpose in the Bible? Yes, it is. Is it? Maybe. But how about we use what God's already given us? There's so much pressure on our young people. You have to have purpose. You have to know what you're doing. Here it is. Know Jesus, make him known. Give your life. They want to die for a cause. I spent two and a half hours with a young man from this church in my office this week, and I loved it. We disagreed on many things, but I loved it because his pursuit is Jesus. I want more of Jesus. Give us the warriors who will fight for Jesus. Amen. One in spirit. Let us be people of the Holy Spirit. But there is a spirit of this world because he says in John 7, you're not in the world. You're in the world, but not of the world. You know what he's saying? You have a different spirit. Instead of Caleb and Joshua, you have a different spirit. You smell differently. You look differently. You're not like everybody else. You change the atmosphere in a divisive word. You bring the unity of the spirit Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers, the peacemakers. Because you go in and you attack the demonic world. You attack the brokenness of this world and you bring unity in the spirit. See, it changes the narrative. What am I going to do with my life? Easy. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. I'm over 24 seconds and here we go. Number one, what biblical, biblical unity is. 
Biblical unity is in the person of Jesus. It's in the Word of God. It's in His Spirit. Unity is in His kingdom mandate of the gospel. It's unity in the agape love. It's unity in the call of God. And I want to say it's being united in heart with the vision and mandate of the eldership of the church. What biblical unity is not. It's not uniformity. Not uniformity. We're not all the same. God's not called us all to be Matt Doty. Matt Doty has been called by God with Elodie Doty to lead the team who leads the church. And God's given him gifts of vision, gifts of administration, gifts of leading a very diverse team. Most people couldn't do that. We all want his job until you have to do it. Then you bow out. But we all have a mandate different to his. And I love this about Matt. And honour is, is important that we give honour publicly. That he, he's a strong leader, focused leader, visionary leader with hands open. He says, now go and do it. What's your gifts? Go and do it. He's saying from his heart, and I don't want to represent Matt, but he says, go and do it. That's what I heard last week. Multiply, use your talents, but do it in one heart, one mind, and one spirit. So his joy is made complete. It's not tolerance. It's not tolerance. Unity is not tolerance. People are leaving already. It's not tolerance. Oh, we've got to tolerate. It's not tolerance. It's unity in the spirit with God's word. It's unity with God's agape love. Not love, agape love. Oh, we need to be more loving. The church is not loving enough. No, we are loving with what God loves. We are united with what God loves and we hate what God hates. We don't compromise the word of God, but we operate in grace. Did I say that correctly? And finally, we are, united at the ex- we are never united at the expense of Jesus-centered orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Yeah, big words, big words. Orthodoxy. Orthodoxy is that we are united in the Word of God, in biblical theology. We don't divert from biblical theology, from what the Word says. We don't add. It's the Bible plus nothing and minus nothing. Or we divert diverge from ungodly orthopraxy. Orthopraxy is is, is not biblical practices. Incorrect behaviour. One's incorrect thinking and the other one's incorrect behaviour, which comes from disunity with the Spirit. Unity brings, and then we'll pray. Gee, I worked that one hard. Why did I write orthopraxy and orthodoxy? (laughs) Help me, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I've got deodorant on. What unity brings? Psalm 133.1 Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls in the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commands a blessing forevermore. Unity in the Spirit brings God's blessing. Blessing. I have no doubt that God has bestowed for no other reason blessing upon the eldership and this church because of unity in the Spirit. 
during the tough times of COVID and the divisiveness of COVID, I thank the Lord at the helm of this ship that he kept us united on the cause of Jesus and the kingdom. And we haven't faulted. And what the Lord gave in response is his commanded blessing. It brings joy. Acts 2, as I showed you before, it brings revival. That we're all together in one place, united in heart, and the Holy Spirit came in power. Unity brings revival. It brings stability, prosperity, and growth. It brings the presence of God. It brings power in your family, power in your marriage, power in your sexuality before God, between a man and a woman called married, just in case you take it to another place. It brings kingdom advancements. It brings the love of Jesus. Would you stand with me? And uh, Matt, would you come and join me, please? I'll just say a couple of words and then I'll sit down and shut up. (laughs) Thank you, Matt, for the privilege of preaching this morning, my friend. Two things I want to leave with you and then I'm going to hand over to Matt. This week, in your prayer life, and I trust we all have a prayer life, Would you open your hands and ask the Holy Spirit to take whatever talents, gifts, finances to see it that you have and use it for his glory advancement to multiply. Say, here, Lord, these are the gifts you've given me. Now teach me and show me how I can multiply it for your name's sake. Second prayer, give me an undivided heart. Give me an undivided heart. And thirdly, to ask God, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? That I'm discipled so I can disciple others so we can multiply what God's given us. Don't waste one more second to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.